Hi, this is Matt Kempel, co-owner of Milwaukee's premier live comedy spot, The Laughing Tap, and founder of the Milwaukee Comedy Festival. It seems you guys really like that last set. Let's see if we can keep the applause going and get the guys and their guests to give us a part two to the interview. I think they're coming out. Here they are. Show them your love, people. It's season six of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. My name is Jim Martin, and Chris Byer is here with me as always, my co-host. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jim. How's it going? Good, good. I'm just resetting the clock. We, resetting the we clock. Around the keep clock. these to a half an hour just for uh, editing purposes. For our listeners' benefits. True. That's been one of our goals is yeah. to have a succinct podcast. Right, right. We like to think about their lives, right. you know? Like 20, 20 30 that's minutes. Right. That's, that's right. good enough. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's, uh, and, and you know, it leaves them wanting more. Yes. Well, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So we're back here on the second half of our interview with Marilyn Me, Milwaukee, I'm longtime so Milwaukee DJ. excited to be here. Do you know, yeah. this is, the ex- except for putting together a couple of voice demos, this is the first time I've been behind a microphone. I was wondering about yeah. that. As we were talking earlier, I was thinking like, Boy, Yeah, I, I was kind of freaking out about an hour before I got here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really yeah. was. So, when we left off last week, yes. we had stopped over at Magic 96. Magic 96.5. That's right. Downtown, the worst smelling building. I don't know what it was. And <laughs> I, I don't mean this as any disrespect to the people who worked sure. there. Sure, yeah. I could have had something to do with the building structure itself. Mm-hmm. Probably. But it always yeah. smelled like throw up. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. And that's what I, isn't that terrible? That's what yeah. I remember the best. But I did mornings i did was a newsreader in the morning mm-hmm. with gerard and luzak as in oh. dave luzak who's still on the air now yeah. did not last there a long time okay. and i was imagine. so into music and it so was not my kind of music yeah. the, uh, so they ended up asking me to leave i wasn't there for a real long time mm-hmm. and so wait so when you were there you were in the morning show that means you probably get in there what four thirty-five? yeah in the morning and that really puts a cramp in oh, the uh, yeah. in the night night scene it just ruins yeah. it you yeah, might just stay that. up Overnight. Yeah, 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 right. Just I'm roll into the morning sure show. Sure, that yeah. happened. More <laughs> right. than once. I went back, actually went back to WISN B97 for a little while, but not on the air. And then got my dream call from Jerry Gavin, who is the program director at WQFM. Okay. And as I often say, and people like Steve Palick say the same thing, if you're a rock person in Milwaukee, at some point in time, you got to do your time at QFM. And Jerry <laughs> Gavin called and said, I would love you to come and, and do news with Steve Pallet. And of course, Steve, friend of the show. Friend of the show. has been on several times. Been and on several times. Great I guy. consider a great guy now, yeah. an incredible yeah. talent. We did not get along. We didn't work well together. We didn't sound good together and sometimes that just happens in radio Mm -hmm. you can meet somebody and think oh yeah i'd love doing a show with so and so it right from the start never it it just didn't work that's the way it is with us yes but But we we still struggle through through, it's been six years of struggle but yeah Yeah. still push you now when you say it didn't work it didn't work on in terms of in your head how it was going or it didn't work in the ratings everything i don't know about ratings i don't remember that at all it just was never comfortable. It was never easy. It didn't flow the way it should have. 
I think Steve Pellick is a guy who should just always do a show by himself. I don't think he's He doesn't good. need a sidekick. He, he doesn't need a, a sidekick. Yeah. On the other hand, I always felt like I did so much better uh, as being the guy behind the guy. I right. never wanted to be the guy oh, okay. at all, mm-hmm. at all. So I was really excited about it, and uh, it, but it just never... It just never worked. And Stephen, it's funny because all these years later, Stephen and I have never talked about that. Hmm. Are, you, are you friends now? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, I adore yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love yeah. him. I love his wife. Well, that, that's I, good. Yeah. That, yeah. That's good that you. Um, she's been wife, on our show too. His been on yeah, our yeah. show too. Yeah. Oh, Alita. <laughs> Alita. Love yeah. her. Oh, yeah. 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 I great people. He's to me. He's such a talent. He's yeah. so smart. Yeah. But he didn't need somebody else. Right. And. It was really unfortunate because I became such great friends with everybody else in that building, but it just wasn't working. So then Palak left, and then they decided to make Downstairs Dan, who was doing Afternoons, the new morning guy at QFM. So then it was Downstairs Dan and me, and although it was easier, it was more fun because I I was so scared of Steve Palak. (laughs) Oh, and yeah. that is the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so scared of him. I was so intimidated by him. Yeah. Because he just was so good at what he did? <sighs> Big name. Maybe. I don't know. He was so mean to me. Oh. <laughs> he really <laughs> was. This is going well until then. He was so mean to me. And he would just, but you're friends now. It was so obvious <laughs> that he didn't like me and he didn't like working with me. Maybe it, you were just too raw at the time. I, you're just too new at being on the yeah, air. Yeah, maybe. You know, and maybe that was it. So, so, so from there... You started working with Downstairs so Dan. So I did Mornings with Downstairs Dan for a short time. And in that, again, it, it was really obvious. It was there, it was not going to be anything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he's a great, he was another one. He's a really good air talent, mm-hmm. but not, I, I don't know that we, we were, and we, and let me tell you, we became very good friends mm-hmm. over the years, really good close friends over the years, and work ended up working together later on at WKLH, and I, we were buds, you know, right. and but it doesn't matter. Sometimes two people together, right? The chemistry just doesn't work. Here. And well, I mean, no. Offense. So uh, where, where did you <laughs> well, move on from? Where did, <laughs> where did you move on from there? A friend of mine, a radio friend of mine, in fact, it was the guy who was the newsreader with on B97, um, said, who was one of those like total radio geeks who always like read the trade publications and, you know, went and sat in the library and read all those because this was before you could get everything online. And told me that uh, that these this company, and the name escapes me, you know, they bought uh, WMIL radio station and, or WB, no, it's WBCS. They bought WBCS. Mm-hmm. You know, the old AM 1340 WRT, and you know, the word is they're going to turn it into a rock station, and mm-hmm. I'm going to go and work there, he said. And he's like, I'm, I got my stuff all together, and yeah, and I'm going to, I really want to try and do the morning show over there, and I'm like, Really? This could be over on McKinley Avenue. I used to ride my bike around that building yeah, when right. I was a kid because I lived over on 63rd and McKinley. Yeah. And I, like, oh, really? This could be a rock stage? I think maybe I'm going to apply there. So I went around <laughs> to rock all the rock clubs that I used to go and hang out at and all the bands I used to go and see because I was like totally into the local music scene then, mm-hmm. you know, really, mm-hmm. really into it. And um, went and made myself petitions handmade mm-hmm. with pens and all the lines say with that at the top in big letters said i pledge i will listen to laser 103 if you hire marilyn me 
Oh, very I, clever. Oh, my God. I very can't clever. believe it. I can't <laughs> believe I did this. <laughs> and I made up a jillion of them, mm-hmm. and I would go around to clubs, and I would tell people, <laughs> there's going to be a new rock station in town, and I really, really want to get a job right. there. And then after I started, like, you know, getting a ton of them and, you know, probably had friends, like, help me fill them mm-hmm. out and sure. and stuff, mm-hmm. I started, I had this whole, I made this whole little plan, mm-hmm. and the radio station, the radio station was on, but it was just music. They didn't have right. any jocks mm-hmm. yet, yeah, and that's yeah. a very typical, you know, mm-hmm. when you brand new owners, mm-hmm. brand new radio station. And so as soon as I knew that there were actually people in the building right. working, I started going there every single day. And I would bring in a paper grocery bag filled with those petitions. And I would say, could you please give this to the general manager? <laughs> and I would just, I would do that. I'd go there every day. Would you please give this mm-hmm. to the general manager? And after about a week of Petitions, uh, uh, um, mm-hmm. they called me and hired me. Well, wow. that, that's nothing to be embarrassed about, showing gumption <laughs> like that. No, that's, that's, it's a good story. I, I, I wouldn't. I agree. I yeah. agree. I, it's I funny. It's, I just I haven't thought about that in yeah. so many years. It, and it was that was March of 1987. So laser, laser uh, again, me being relatively yes. novice, which is the, now 1029 the hog, which right. is ridiculous. How how long did you work? <laughs> uh, how long did you work at laser? All told. The laser side of the building, 17 and a half years. So this was the biggest chunk of your career. Yeah, it truly was. When I got hired at Laser, it was to do 7 to Midnight. This was going to be the first time I was going to have my own... It was just going to be me. Just it was going to be. Yeah. I wasn't going to get to be the, the guy behind the, the guy. You're I was going to have to like host this myself. I mean, I kind of knew how to run a board, but kind of didn't. And <laughs> well, how tough uh, going to be? It's a couple of knobs and, it out. and buttons and stuff. Yeah. It's fine. It, 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 they all can't be too different from each other. <laughs> I guess when people say, "When did you start in radio?" I, you know, I. I learned so much in all those other years, you know, and actually working behind the scenes in radio be, became a great asset over mm-hmm. the years. I, I mean that very seriously to be able to know how thing. the traffic yeah. department functions and know how the sales department functions and know what's going to piss off your engineer and what's not because, you know, you're, you just, you understand how all the different parts go right. together. And yeah. so you know, you know how to be helpful, and you know yeah. what's right. It's and probably not a unique story. I bet you there's other people like oh, that. Yeah. that start I, I'm sure the there scenes. are. Yeah, I'm, you know that they they work their way up to become yeah. on air. Yeah, right? but but like but you, said, you, I mean, you weren't yeah. necessarily looking for it. A lot of these guys do it as stepping stones <laughs> to get there. You got right. there kind of. Right. My friend Dawn Goff, bless her heart. She's a, she. I remember overhearing her tell somebody who came up. Somebody was talking to us and said something about. You know, you know, Marilyn, you've really, you know, like made a name for yourself in radio or something, something like that. And Dawn said, yep, Marilyn has climbed the ladder with her fingernails planted firmly in the ground because that's what it was always like. Like, oh, that job's kind of scary. I don't know. Every so often I'd get a good idea or I'd get up some gumption, you know, like getting the gig at at laser 103 right. and, and then you 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 were the you were the dog that you, the, the the dog that caught the car right yeah you chased you're, the car seriously? you got it you're like oh my god what am i gonna do now <laughs> yep that i really like do you use that analogy in real life 
No, I don't. I just I I've heard the analogy, but oh, I've never. Oh, I never heard. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm a dog person. But yeah, so I was hired to do seven to midnight, and everything's going great. I think everything's going great. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. First radio, first DJ in the entire country to play the new, to play the debut Tesla album. Oh, nice. I mean, just nice. you know, oh. some really cool things. Yeah. And real program director was a really really nice guy. Every so often he'd give me the night off because he was busy and he he was from another city and he was busy and wanted his wife to have somebody to go to a concert with. So we'd say, "I'm going to get so and so to do seven to midnight. Will you go with Christine to the concert?" <laughs> and it, it was just it, I loved the general manager. Mm-hmm. It's a great radio station. And then they let Bruce McGregor go, and who did they hire? Greg Osham, the guy who fired me at QFL. Oh, not, not a good omen. And, no. And that was not too long after you started, right? And it wasn't, no. Mm-hmm. I had okay. only been there, gosh, I'm going to say like maybe six or eight months. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought that dream was going to implode. Right. Well, that's that not, was it. Yeah. Greg Osham's <laughs> coming here. He hated me. He's going to hate me again. And I... When I think of Greg Ostrom now, I, he is one of the truly greats of radio. He is has a piece of my heart forever. Greg came in. He was an amazing coach. He really taught me a lot. He toughened me up, mm-hmm. and it went a, a trillion times better than I ever would have thought. Laser's known for a longtime co-host, Bob and Brian, right? Bob and Brian. Yeah, so they hired this completely unknown morning show from who had been in Melbourne, Florida, or maybe maybe they were in Battle Creek, Michigan then, Bob and Brian, and hired them to do mornings at Laser 103. And uh, so Greg Osham got the idea that since absolutely nobody in Milwaukee knew who Bob and Brian were, mm-hmm. let's take let's take the girl who had all the petitions signed, mm-hmm. who actually you know, and in and in their research, obviously that, too, had some name recognition. They had some name recognition, and here's what we need: is somebody who's young and fun and the same age as them, and into the same kind of stuff, and has some name recognition in the market. And is way more rock and roll because mm-hmm. the person who was doing the news then was just complete opposite. You yeah. know, like we need a rock chick right. to mm-hmm. do the news. And I still remember sitting in in uh, Greg Osham's office with Dave Kroll when they were, you know, they pitched it to me like a fantastic opportunity. Mm-hmm. Really? How can you pass this up? And you're thinking to yourself, if I pass this up, I will not have a job anymore. Right, like right. this isn't a yeah. we're inviting you to do right. this job. It's yeah. a we've made this decision, and now we've got to get you on board. Well, Greg Osham toughened me up, but apparently not enough because I w- sat and cried, of course, mm-hmm. and because yeah. I was too. And yeah. everybody knows I'm the crier. Yeah. And <laughs> we've allotted some time for that here tonight. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Well, yeah, and you can edit this, so it's good. We can take a lot of the crying out. But I remember (laughs) Dave Kroll looking at me and saying, Marilyn, I feel it. I just know it. Someday, Bob and Brian are going to be as big as Reitman and Miller in Milwaukee. And I'm thinking to myself, give me a break. (laughs) Yeah. When (laughs) pigs fly, you kidding me? (laughs) And 
I just like number one couldn't imagine that because Reitman and Miller that was the morning show yes, then they right. were the big that was the big morning show in the late eighties and you know and, and through the nineties it was mm-hmm. it was all about Reitman and Miller mm-hmm. and the, and also now of course this meant a lifestyle change because yep. I'm going from work until midnight and then going out after mm-hmm. and. Um, to going back to you know having to get up at four o'clock in the morning to do yep. a morning show and in some respects you know what that was good because it it's that was I think really it was almost a little too much fun doing nights on mm-hmm. laser I had to really buckle down you know and it's like if this is what I'm going to be doing now for the rest mm-hmm. you know can the foreseeable get, future like I need to be taking this a little more seriously mm-hmm. as right. little as I know about Bob and Brian because again I don't listen to Milwaukee Radio yeah, those guys I that. thought they were local they're not huh? they no. sort of right they well went, they, went they grew up in Racine they grew yeah up in Racine. Okay. yeah mm-hmm. yeah Union okay, Grove so they are yeah. local went to Union yeah. Grove High School yeah so they yeah. were local okay. they went they went to um I want to say was it someplace in Ohio? No, they, they were, well, I was going to say where they went to school, and now oh, I, I, oh they went to, uh, uh, to tech, tech, yeah, um, so. the tech college that's in Racine, right? I, yeah, right. and my buddy Gateway. went there. For Gateway, Gateway. Gateway. yes, Gateway. they went to Gateway, and then and I and then ended up becoming friends at Gateway and doing radio together, and then worked in a couple little like they worked in Melbourne, Florida, they worked in Battle Creek, Michigan, mm-hmm. and. Um, and because uh, where Battle Creek is geographically, and this general manager was from Ohio, and mm-hmm. so he actually had a chance to listen to them. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, then that's how he had d- discovered them. And he really did. He discovered them. Mm-hmm. I mean, these were guys who were just, you know, living off pizza rolls in right. some dinky little market. What about stage fright? You know, being on the radio, is that ever an issue with you? Has it ever been an issue with you? Um, Not so much stage fright, but... Again, to be very honest, I do suffer from depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. and I'm really serious on, about speaking on mental health. And because I have, over the years, had on and off times of, of having really severe panic attacks, mm-hmm. that was always my big fear. Right. And I can actually it's, it, remember a couple of times when I was doing mornings, um, and just the way the studio was set up, I was always sitting right next to Brian. And I can remember a couple of times having panic attacks while I was on the air and having to, and literally reaching over and, and, and having Brian had to hold my hand mm, because wow. I didn't know if I was going to get through it or mm. not. What about this? Me and Jim went through this in the early days of our podcast. Was it difficult listening to your own voice, voice. I still hate it. And and I was the next one I was going to say, do you like your own voice? Hate it. Hate it. Uh, in seventh grade, when I went to Longfellow Middle School in, here in Wauwatosa, so and I tried out for a play, and I did not. And like I was like one of like three people out of eighty who didn't get a part. And I actually got up the nerve to ask why I didn't, and I was told because I didn't have a very good voice, and it doesn't carry. Oh, and I never felt comfortable hearing my voice. You're not on the air right now, right? Right. But let's, we have to come back around to the end of Bob and Brian and moving on in within Laser 103. Okay, so go ahead and take us through the end of Laser. Okay, so our midday person, I was, so I'd been doing a bunch of years, Bob Mm -hmm. and Brian, loving it. And especially those early years, you know, nobody was listening. It was so much fun. (laughs) And then, Eventually, the midday person left, 
And of course, me, I raised my hand and said, I could do news with Bob and Brian and then stay on the air and oh, do yeah. the midday show, to which they were like, no, that's absolutely ridiculous. No, nobody can do that. And I did. Yeah. And so then I was doing mornings and I was doing middays. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that. Mm-hmm. And then we got a new pro- Greg Osham left and... I was. I really felt bad. I was heartbroken because yeah. I'd come to just really love working for him by then. And then a guy named Keith Hastings came in. He told me later that he realized, like, in, after only a few weeks at there at the radio station, that he wanted me to be his music director. He said, "I don't even think you know the kind of ear you have for a hit." But the thing is, is that. I there's no way that I could do mornings with Bob and Brian and do middays and be <laughs> and the music, music director, director right. because the music director entails a lot of responsibility uh, in yeah. the station at your desk and on the phone and outside the station and you're with record label people a lot and you're with band people a lot and it, it which all sounds like fun but you know I took this all very, very seriously. If I was going to be, music director was a perfect gig for me because I got to be the man behind the man, being Mm -hmm. so much more part of the music and choosing the music for the station Mm -hmm. and, you know, and and figuring out, you know, promotions and that we could do with these bands. And so there was no way anybody could do all three. So I became Keith's music director and just the midday person. Mm -hmm. And that was... That, as much as I always enjoyed being a part of the morning show, um, that was the dream gig. Yeah. That was, yeah. there was nothing ever better in my career than all those years on the air at Laser 103, but especially those years when I was doing middays and I was music director. Right, right. And yeah. that, as you yeah. said throughout this interview, you were always the rocker chick. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so this was destiny. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, you know what? In hindsight, yeah, it really was. And it was so cool to have somebody like Keith, who is still considered one of the most respected rock radio programmers in the nation. He truly is. Mm-hmm. And uh, he to have somebody like Keith say, you can be really good at this gig, Mayor. Yeah. So and what, it, yeah. when, when I'm always so accustomed to not being told I'm good at doing something, to have somebody say, you can do this, and then go on to be nominated every single year by Radio and Records as Music Director of the Year, and I want a Billboard Magazine Music Director of the Year. and For yeah. for the region or the nation? For the nation. For the wow. nation. Let's, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, Rock wow, Radio. Rock, well, they divide it into, you know, like – the sure. huge markets and then all the middle markets and right. then the little markets. Sure. And for, I was the Susan Lucci of the radio and records oh, yeah. music director. And I was nominated every year, right. but I, I never won. But so, I won a bill, but I have a billboard award. Nice. So rattle oh. off names of people you've met. Oh, gosh. Um, I, the Rolling Stones. Uh, only Keith Richards. Eddie Van Halen. Uh, introduced to him okay. like yeah. you know there's one thing about being the music director they had, like at least had to say hello and shake your hand yeah. right you know right. ozzy on the phone a bunch of times mm-hmm. sharon in person mm-hmm. okay uh i had a great great working relationship and got to be a huge part of the start of careers for 
a nice handful of bands. I mean, I mentioned Tesla earlier, and yeah. being the I was actually the first jock in the country to play Tesla. I love Tesla. Um, uh, first jock in the country to play the new Def Leppard. Oh, um, Def Leppard. When Hysteria came out. Okay. Um, uh, and then going a little bit later on, a really big part of bands like, um, and don't hate me for this, Nickelback. Okay. Um, I like Nickelback. I, I think love Nickelback. And I, yeah. and I don't care. What, I love right, Chad. I think yeah. over. <laughs> uh, Godsmack. Okay. Uh, now, again, not being the guy that yeah. knows much about radio, it sounds like uh, Laser was uh, a little bit heavier rock format it wasn't a pop no, rock. no it was not pop rock but, no, but rock it was, it was rock, rock. It, it's a, the format it, is called mm-hmm. it was always called active rock active okay. rock means yeah you're playing some of the older stuff and mm-hmm. you know and obviously you know it's not really like stones older stuff but you know all like all the 80s bands of mm-hmm. course yeah. and um and and a lot of 70s stuff but um, but active rock is uh, that's radio stations that are playing like current yeah. rock right, right. music, um, a really big part of Nickelback, big part of Creed, big part of Godsmack, oh, good too, yeah. uh, Shine Down, Days of the New, um, Kid Rock, um, God, I, you know I actually I have a lot of gold records and a lot of platinum records that are framed with my name oh, with yeah. you know they do the oh that's because awesome. the, the radio people who are you know instrumental, instrumental and because that that was you know again pre-internet radio was still breaking the bands you oh, know yeah. that's how yeah. people found out about rock bands as you listen to rock radio and mm-hmm. did you get all uh, free tickets to all these shows I'm assuming you know and everybody always oh you got free tickets you got to go to all these shows well you know what? I was working because right. I was there with, yeah. you know, I was there with the Columbia Records person or I was there with the Virgin Records person and it, we there was going to be a meet and greet and then we, you know, and you got to get all that organized and so now suddenly like you're a camp director and people like have this impression of like partying backstage right. with the band. It is so not like that. Being backstage is the worst because all you ever do is feel like you're in the way oh, and yeah. it and all you These do is got done you with see the show, crew right? people yeah. like giving you the evil eye yeah, yeah. and like, oh my God, I probably just set my drink down on some case that I wasn't supposed to set it on. Thank goodness I would be with a record label person and mm-hmm. so there was some safety there. It's yeah. like, okay, you can't hate me and kick me out because like I'm with your Electra Records person right. Right. and right. they love her. So yeah. <laughs> she's a record label person. And, but it's, you're, you're but you're working, you know, and yeah. I, you have to be very cognizant of your relationship with that record company and perhaps the band management company mm-hmm. and they might have an independent promotion person they're working with and so you've got to spend a little time with that person and and oh yeah i know really hard backbreaking work but still you know on a night when you know it's 11 o'clock at night and you've got a toothache and you've got a splitting headache and you know, know you need to let your dogs out mm-hmm. yeah then yeah. sometimes it's yeah you know, and and a band who like wants nothing to do with anybody, yeah. you know, and that yeah. happens sometimes too. Mm-hmm. That it's it can be, it it's it was yeah, it, it was it's, it's, it's time job, it's work it's, it's a, a job, job like any other. Then after that, the last part of your career was spent where at WKLH, and that was because Laser One Hundred Three thing came to an end, mm-hmm. and they decided to flip to uh, more not. Active rock station so much as more 
you know, and and not, and, but not classic rock, Passive kind of a rock. hybrid of those weird rock things. I thought that I would be staying on. Yeah, no, they had a, other ideas. A, some kind of an agreement was made that if we're going to take Marilyn off the air on laser, how about she become the new midday person on KLH? At the time, they 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 had not had a permanent midday person on WKLH. Right, right. Okay. and these stations yeah. owned by the same company. Right, yeah. and um, you know, so as it was, it was a really it was a pretty big change. So you you went to KLH for the last part of your career. Yeah, and when when did were you off the air? Uh, when when you last worked for KLH? Oh, <laughs> I might. You might have to start editing out the crying now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would have been December twenty twenty or okay. twenty nineteen. So it's be, before the pandemic or after? or after the pandemic? During the pandemic. Okay, so twenty twenty. Is that? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, twenty twenty. Right. Yeah. Right. And being oh. on air, it's like being in show business, right? Yeah. And uh, our friend uh, Jeff Grayson, you know, he was involved in TV uh, yeah. for quite some time. And then they moved on and did something different. And it's tough. They, they've got that longing to get back on because it's, it's fun. It's, it's show business. And so it's difficult, I'm sure, uh, for you to, to, to leave show business, as it were. And, you know, interestingly, way, way, way back during the 97 WLPX days when I said I was really happy doing mm. trafficking continuity and wanted, you know, and I'd go to all their events and help out with things, but I never wanted to be on the air. Mm. The reason I didn't want to be on the air was because I did see people suddenly lose their job. And mm. I thought, I don't want to be that. To be that. Mm. I'm I'm way too insecure of a person. I had, mm. I had a horrible childhood. I can't be the person who has a job one day and is, is really happy and then comes into work the next day and finds out that they don't have a job anymore. That yeah. just terrified me yeah. you're, you're terrified in the wrong me. <laughs> i yeah, know right. i was right. yeah. <laughs> well you know i mean uh, i'll tell you i got uh a year 2021 is the year that i got laid off from my job now i'm a software developer so it, i guess my point is this uh, you know you say you're in the wrong business but this is business i mean this is this is uh you know that's kind of the way it goes in a lot of different Places where you're not running your own business like you are. Yeah, you know, yeah. And there's, there's comes with and things, but, I would know. tell you, too, that especially as the years went by and radio became more about the shareholders mm-hmm. than anything else, I, I mean, that obviously is a generalization mm-hmm. for commercial terrestrial radio, and it became more about the bottom line. And then, you know, with the advent of the, of the internet and people now having, you know, streaming sources. And, you know, I think a lot of people still remember when you could buy a new car and you got Sirius or you got oh, XM yeah. or, yeah. you know, when that was still two companies. And people started having more and more options for their entertainment. You better be in radio then because you like the radio business and it was the same thing with you know i can sit here and tell you horror stories about different radio people around the country i know of or you know heard about who you know got caught up in the partying and the bands and the doing the bar gigs and stuff and if that's why you're in radio or because just because you love music it's you can't be in radio for that reason you know Mm -hmm. i came to really i i feel much differently now but i you know throughout those years so especially working with some of the great people who i did 
um, I came to really love the radio business, and that's mm-hmm. what I became really passionate about. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah, the music's great and yeah, fun yeah. to be a part of all that, but I became really passionate about the business of radio. Right. So, okay. So a lot like myself, who woke up one day, and I didn't come into the office because we were working from home, but I got a phone call and said, hey, this is it. You know, turn in your computer, and that's it. A lot like me, you had a very similar experience yeah. at KLH, right? Yeah. You walked in the office one day. And did your show. Yep. After you're done with your yep. show, you didn't know anything. And no. One day you didn't get to say goodbye. Didn't get to say okay, you know, thanks yep. for all my listeners and all these years. And and so that's how it happened for you too. Same kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. 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 Carol Kane and I have had many many long conversations about that. And in is that was the worst part. That the yep. worst part was. And, you know, in some ways it's weird because the most, the 99% of these people who I, I came to love and, and care about, I know that maybe sounds a little cheesy, but people who I really, and especially during the pandemic, it, uh, people who I came to love and these were the people who gave me this, um, and I would see now I really am going to cry, the all the people who gave me the opportunity to do what I got to do mm-hmm. for so many years, yeah. to not be able to say goodbye and thank you, and to have any of them feel like I ghosted them. Yeah. That was yeah. the hardest part. You, know, right. you, you hear right. it oftentimes that whether it be radio or TV, local radio or TV, people, they almost think of these people as their friends. Right? You, they yeah. are, but they are. Yeah. You know, it's not like just in your, it's not just the picture in your brain. Like they mm-hmm. are, and especially during the pandemic. When we just had each other, you know, mm-hmm. and these are, you know, because I was never a shtick kind of a radio person. It's <laughs> not like I planned out this little funny bit I was going to do and then this little funny yeah, bit I was going to do. It's like funny noise. I just came in. in to like see my friends every day. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I couldn't see them, see them, but I came in to see my friends every day. There's this uh, huge, really piece of your psyche, of your heart, of your soul that becomes that those are your people they're your friends and to be not be able to say goodbye that was the hardest part as as you can tell because it's still you know a couple years later and still makes me very emotional right so what would you say to those people now maybe this is a chance to say something one stay out of jail keep living the straight and narrow dude you're doing a good job melissa Take good care of your dad. Your family depends on you. No, it's just like all these people who still like pop into my head. I would no, honestly, I would just say, I would say thank you because without them, I in their acceptance, you know, it's without their acceptance, I wouldn't have had a gig. I gosh, I really wish you would have told me you were going to ask me this question, and I could have <laughs> thought about it a lot. I would thank them a zillion times over i would thank them for laughing and not getting pissed off the one time i accidentally swore on the air um only happened once um it was at klh actually uh i would tell them like don't ever don't believe believe the creepy gross stories don't believe creepy gross stories about anything but don't ever believe the creepy gross stories none of them are true and and that's for real none of them are true but um i I would tell them that if 
I loved having them listen even more than they love listening. I know that for fact. Are you? You think you think this is a chapter that's now closed in your in your career in your life, Ooh, uh, and you're just going to do other things? Good question. Or, or would you be open to some job in the market? Oh, I miss doing radio. I would be open to doing something else. I it would have to be like very very like. There are there are a few country uh, a few uh, radio holding companies in the country that I just think the world of. I think they're wonderful companies. I love everything from how they just how they do the radio business. I just think that there are there are still plenty of really good people out there mm-hmm. doing radio and running radio. There are for sure. And if an opportunity with one of them came up, um, that there's something that could be in the pipes down the road that would be more of an online radio thing or perhaps not but it's something that has been discussed i don't mean to sound all vague and secretive but i i I would tell you more about it if i could but um but oh absolutely hands down i would do yeah so then that brings me to this question uh well i guess maybe two questions okay so you told us a story about the petitions and how you got into laser and all this. So if if you really, how much do you really want to get back into radio? Because if you did, there's still that person who would fight for what. Can she I wants. just like if be you on your to. podcast every week? Well, and, yes. and I, you know what? Actually, yes. you know, actually, that was I was going to say as we kind of wrap things up. Yeah, and I, that, and, and I very, still it, would really like yeah. to do that. It's just. Again, you have to remember, I st- as much as I love being on the air, I still got to be the guy behind the guy. Well, if somebody came in and said, here's how you're going to do this. This is the kind of podcast you should do. Right. Okay, go do it. Man, I've head first, well, dude. That, that, I'd be, I'd right. be so doing that. And that's that. what I was going to say as we wrap up. I said in the beginning of this. But story. anyway, <laughs> that being said. And I didn't even our, tell you all the other secret stories I was going to tell that being you. That said, our, our parting, our parting uh, thing might be to say, if you like doing this, start your own podcast and get your buddies on there. And yeah. you can just kind of scratch that itch for a little bit. I should, and you know, I gotta give a shout out to Jeff Peterson at Interstate Music. Uh, um, is even like you know helped me and set me up with, you know, you're gonna need, you know, not absolutely, pretty much everything I would need, really, you know. He and I actually turned my shoe closet upstairs and my attic i've like finished attic turned my shoe closet into a little studio and i made like i've got a like a real dead room and everything and i would love to do it i want to thank marilyn me longtime milwaukee uh legend and radio a longtime fixture thank you that's nice i'm now part of the whammy wisconsin music industry wall of fame and oh, wow. I want to give them a shout out because they're a really wonderful organization. Anybody who loves local music wants to try to help support the local music scene. Anybody can get involved in in Whammy. Thanks again for being on our show. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, Wait a minute, but I'm not done yet. <laughs> Off the air. Well, yeah, yeah. And thank you, Jimmy, for for thinking to even call me. I was so flattered. I don't know. You wrote this such a. I, people should know that you guys approach me in such a nice, kind, polite, respectful way about being a part of your show. And I'm reading it going, are you 
fucking kidding me? Of course I want to do your podcast. Like, I was like, I was, oh my gosh, she wants I to do it. I was so this excited. Is... Yeah. Yeah. And I am very flattered that I, you would ask me to be a part of this. I, I, I love that you guys are doing this. In retrospect, we should have charged you to be on the podcast. I think you would have paid. I will so anyway. <laughs> it's, it's part therapy. So have a good, have a good uh, evening. Thanks Goodbye, again, Marilyn. Bye. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast when we talk with substance abuse rehab specialist, Dwayne Barry. You've made it to the end of another Bait and Switch Podcast. Spread the word.